Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining my very first podcast. My name is Cody Bonham, and I'm honored to have the wonderfully talented author, Trudy Spiller, who is local to British Columbia, joining me on this podcast today. If you don't already know, Trudy is an Indigenous Canadian author behind the children's book, Trudy's Rock Story. She also wrote another version for younger readers that target some of the same ideas and main concepts of her original book called Trudy's Healing Stone. I hope that you are able to join in our conversation today and continue your own discussions surrounding Indigenous people, cultures, and lands. I also hope that you are interested in hearing a little bit about Trudy's story about growing up in Hazleton, BC, and about her Gixan nation, where she belongs. I am here today bothered that in 2021 and just this month, the city of Richmond, my hometown of 27 years, is refusing the responsibility of acknowledging the First Peoples of this land due to litigation issues regarding some First Nations. Richmond, BC's Mayor Malcolm Brody quotes, you do not acknowledge what might be important to the subject of litigation. Well, I'm pretty beyond words about that. And um, as a visitor and guest of these traditional lands, I have found so much joy growing up in Richmond, BC. And some of the times that I've had are wonderful experiences here. I have the ability to walk our beautiful trails, see the water features and swimming turtles in Minru Park, and see the wonderful Pacific Ocean view at Gary Point while enjoying an ice cream on a hot day. I really hope that this discussion today can help generate some conversations about what these lands represent to you as listeners and as community members of which we reside on these stolen lands and continue to benefit from the horrific traumas of colonialism. This is not our land. And at this time, I would love to acknowledge that I have the privilege to work, play, eat, and learn on the unceded territories of the Stalo, Kwantlen, Musqueam, Coast Salish, Shemanis, Sawasan First Nations. Of which now I would like to introduce my very special guest and member of the Gixan Nation, Trudy Spiller. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Simigigat, Sigidamanak, Doisi, Nisim, Gangeasam. My name is Laga Ganao. My traditional name is Laga Ganao, and I belong to the House of I come from the Gitsan Nation. I am a visitor to the Lekwungen-speaking people. I have lived on, in Victoria for probably almost 40 years. So I need to acknowledge that I'm on their traditional lands. My parents and siblings, there were seven children, lived with our grandmother, Sudi, who was a medicine woman and practiced it while we were growing up. We lived with her while my father and brothers built our home in Two Mile. We lived in a three-room house with no running water and no electricity. For us, that wasn't abnormal. Granny would gather us under a coil oil lamp at night on the floor and tell us stories. Deet, in other words, uh, grandmother in our language, was a knowledge keeper. She kept our stories close to her heart. When we could repeat the story back to her, we became her knowledge keepers. Our traditional names are passed down from one generation to another. Along with our names comes the story, much like a totem pole. 
that totem pole belongs to the person that the pole is talking about. So if you look from the top down, it will give the, the story. Granny would talk to us, take us to feasts with her. And feasts are where the laws of our people are made. In the feast, the protocol was that if you can listen to the speaker, we earned our right to go into the feast, therefore earned our right to a traditional name. My name is Laga Ganao and was passed down from my late Uncle Tommy Jack. It means a frog that is always leaning or giving. And I was given that at the age of seven years old. That's growing up in, in Hazelton. Well, I think that that was a really inspirational story there. And I think it's really moving for the listeners to hear that, you know, you grow up with no running water or electricity. And we take that for granted nowadays. You, you went from no electricity to going on a podcast. And that's just amazing. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that the city I live in, Richmond, British Columbia, is refusing to acknowledge Indigenous land because of legal disputes, which brings to my next topic of Indigenous land and land acknowledgements. Um, Trudy, do you mind sharing your thoughts on that, please? Yes. I appreciate that our land is being acknowledged after all of the genocide done to our peoples. However, I don't think Premier Horgan is being honest to British Columbians when he continues to rape the lands handed down from our ancestors. Most recent is the stealing of Site C land and the LNG. All of those lands belong to First Nations. So it's so easy for him to dis just displace people. We have been taught that the land does not belong to us. It belongs to our children and those not yet born. We are here to protect our lands, but when government continues to steal the lands, where will our great-grandchildren go? What is the difference from today as opposed to 100 years ago? They continue to, foreigners continue to take our lands. Too many politicians speak with forked tongues. They tell us they respect treaty rights, but that is so far from the truth. We've been taught to walk our talk. In 2019, when the Wet'suwet'en raid happened and the world watched, I was appalled at the tactical force brought to our women. Even in 2021, we are still fighting and the government is still removing land using these colonial tactics still to this day. And land is still being removed. I remember seeing on social media where there was Indigenous women and Indigenous people who were peacefully protesting, sitting on the ground, and they were being removed and arrested. All of these people that were arrested, all of the women that were arrested in the Wet'suwet'en, um, they were put in jail. And then when they went to court a month or two later, all charges were dropped. So it seems really odd that the RCMP are allowed to take you to jail, but then there's you're just allowed to go out with no charges being laid. I think it's- Like it never even happened. Yeah, like a waste of time. Well, I guess that brings me to my next point. Um, in your book, you mentioned the idea of 
making medicine from plants. So I'm wondering what this process would be and what these medicines would be used for. Okay. As a young girl, I watched our dzitz, dzitz in our languages, grandmother practice medicine on people that came to her. She passed on her knowledge only to our eldest sister, Yvonne. Dietz groomed her to take over, but our late mother also was our hereditary chief, Gwydnit, and she groomed Yvonne to also take over chieftainship. Yvonne is now our chief. I was always interested in learning about plants and medicines and what they could do for you after watching our grandmother. So I made it my goal to learn how to use the plants to learn about them and to learn how to protect them. Granny would say to us, your backyard is your pharmacy, use it. Through School District 62, I've been teaching children how to make polysporin using plantain. Plantain is a weed that grows everywhere. Lawnmower will go over it, but they don't really chop the plantain off. And so it's meant for something. It's meant to be there. So when you gather plants, you should go early in the morning. When the plants are first waking up, you must go with an open heart and no negative energy, because we believe that if you go with negative energy, you give that negative energy to the plant. And so you have to go with positive feelings. And the other thing is uh, young women or, or women are not allowed to do any plant gathering while they're on their moon time. And that means their menstrual time, because women at that time are very powerful so you take that the plant's power away by be, being on your moon time and when you go to a plant for each plant that you decide to take uh, you need to know that what you're going for and you take and you offer tobacco to that plant because you're offering that to mother earth that this plant will always come back and if of course, not everybody has tobacco, so you can also use water as an offering. And you only take what you need and leave the rest for someone else. You take the herb home and dry it completely, giving thanks, always giving thanks. You dry the plant and then you put the plant into a jar and you infuse it with grapeseed oil. So you infuse the plant for 30 days. And for those 30 days, you pick the plant, the container up and turn it upside down and give thanks for it. Each day giving thanks that that plant will heal the person that plant was intended for. You strain the plant and then you use beeswax and then add kikri and lavender and you have polysporin. Now, if you look at the back of polysporin and take a polysporin that is for adults and a polysporin that is for children, the children, the ingredients on the back of children is more toxic than it is for the adults. So if you get an opportunity, take and look at the ingredients on both polysporins for children and adults. The other plant that's a really good plant. We call it old man's beard. It's the fuzzy things that you see in the forest. And we're told that 
you wait until that drops on the ground, then it's ready to be used. Otherwise, you don't um, pick it off the tree. Uh, you can infuse that in a tincture. And so when you're feeling really ill, you just uh, put a couple of drops under your tongue three times a day and you'll feel better. The other that is really being exploited right now is chaga. I think that taking them and, and exploiting them and selling them, we're not ever supposed to sell our plants. Wow, Trudy, thank you so much for all of that knowledge that you shared with us today. When you mentioned that it's important to only take what you need and leave the rest for other people really stood out to me. And I also liked hearing that there are certain times where it's best to go gather these plants and that these plants have a purpose and they're meant to be there. That was really powerful. Um, so all of this knowledge that you hold is incredible, um, which brings me to my next part about your book. So do you mind just talking a little bit about your book, Trudy's Rock Story, and the simplified version of that, Trudy's Healing Stone? While we were growing up, our mother raised 47 foster children. Like first when we lived with our grandmother, it was just our siblings. And then when we moved to Two Mile into a bigger house, my mother started uh, taking in foster children. And she taught all of us that if there's ever any of our siblings that can't raise our children to make sure that we open up our hearts and our homes. And so I have a great niece. Her mother put me down as next to kin. So I ended up taking the baby and I brought her home when she was four and a half months old. And then, um, so I've, and she is 15 now. And I also have my grandson, my son passed away, who's in my book. Uh, while I was writing my book, my son passed away. And so I'm raising his son and he is 14. And while I was, uh, um, while my kids were going to school, while Tanisha and TJ were going to the school, I would go in and I'd the teachers would ask me, you know, would you like to be a role model? Would you like to come in and share uh, stories about being Gitsan? And so I started that when the children were in um, elementary school and they're now in high school. And the teachers would say, I think you should write a story. And I would say, well, I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm too old to write a book. And they kept encouraging me because I always told that same story about the rock because my grandmother taught us that. Um, so I have my book, but it's in English, French, and my own language, Gitsanimix, because I believe that our language, we need to start uh, learning our language because our language is taken away from us for so many years. And so... Um, I have it in the three languages, and I also wanted to target little ones because we have to start, when we were growing up, we were taught from the time we could listen. And so I believe that if you target little, smaller children, uh, four to six years old, then you start telling them, um, giving them the, the words to the incentive, I guess, to um, learn about who they are. So that's why I've um, 
done the Trudy's Healing Stone. It's the same same book, but it's just a shorter version and then hardcover. When I go into, I always remember my grandmother. So when I go into um, the schools to talk with the kids, I always introduce myself and acknowledge that I'm on somebody else's territory. But I also bring a picture of my grandmother and my mom. And I show them, you know, that who do you respect? Who, who, who is your role model? And I ask the children because I like to engage with them. And I ask them, uh, who, do, who is your role model? And then I tell them, this was my role model, my mom and my grandmother. So it's really important that we acknowledge who, who your role model is. And so I bring a copy of um, my, my mom and my grandmother's picture. And then when I would start to read the story, I would open up the first page. And on the first page is my son. And rather than being sad, because I have to remember that good times that he brought to my life, 37 years of all the good memories and the love that he had for his, his son and for his family. And so I say, isn't he handsome? And that's a way I get through uh, talking about my son that passed away because our children aren't supposed to go before us. And then um, I read the story to them. And then I ask them questions like, how did you grow up? Did you have electricity? And so if you look at my book, at the beginning of the book, I talk about my grandmother when she would tell us the stories. And she would, um, so it would be, go, it would go from my grandmother and then to me telling my grandchildren and then to me telling the kids at school. So there's different phases throughout the book. And I'd say my grandmother used to tell us that if we could tell the story back to her, we became her knowledge keeper. So I'm asking, so I would give, bring a rock for them. And I'd say, this is a special rock that I'm giving to you. And I want you to keep it so that when you feel, when you're feeling like you come into school and you have, you know, negative energies and you're not feeling really good about yourself in the morning, um, ask the teacher to go and take your rock and go outside and, you know, really get rid of those negative energies. And so when you can tell the story to somebody else, you've become my knowledge keeper. But I don't want you to give them your stone. That's for you. So you go find the stone and you give the stone that you found to somebody else. Then you've become the knowledge keeper. It's really about remembering wow. the stories because we are an oral people. And it wasn't until treaty negotiations did we ever think that we had to start writing things down. It's really unfortunate that we have to do that. But the, the legal system has forced us to do this. When kids read this book, they, they, kids nowadays are going through so much and they have so much anxiety and there's so much mental illness out there. So I really think that this is a good outlet for them to express their feelings and emotions in an appropriate way. And you keep mentioning being a knowledge keeper. And I think that comes with great responsibility 
and great power. That's kind of what is. I feel like we have an obligation to keep this discussion moving and keep talking because Indigenous peoples and cultures are still here. We have to think about what our terrible past has done and where we are now and where we can become like where we we can go from here you have many experiences that you hold true to your heart and i'm really really moved by your words and i have so much gratitude towards you i'm so excited for people to read your book and use this as a tool to help understand Indigenous cultures and peoples. Trudy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today on my podcast. It is a first time for both of us, so it was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate everything that you spoke to me about today. So take care, and I wish you all the best. Okay, thank you very much, Cody, and you stay safe.